welcome to Woo With Us. I'm Denise. And I'm Nicole, and we are your hosts. Going through a spiritual awakening alone is not easy, so we share our own journeys and explore spiritual topics as we align and enlighten our souls. We want you to join us and begin to believe in miracles, magic, and connecting with the other side. So with your heart and mind open, come woo with us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Woo with us. Uh, Nicole and I back this week to chat about shadow work and shadow healing. And I love this topic. And I remember the first time hearing about it, not quite grasping the concept of what it was and what it meant to do shadow work and kind of like, why the hell would anybody want to do shadow work? Um, But I am a firm believer in um, doing that work. And I really, truly feel like everyone should at least attempt to do this kind of work. So, you know, kind of in my own words, I feel like shadow work is a way to reflect on those parts of ourselves that are not our favorite parts of ourselves, you know, those little things that we might think about other people or say about people behind their back, or even, you know, say about yourself, right? The, the, the traits and the characteristics that you try to hide from other people because they're not like socially acceptable. And usually those reactions and those traits and those emotions that we don't like are triggers because of trauma that we've experienced. And so that's why it's so important to recognize them and reflect on them and bring them into your awareness because you can't, you can't heal anything or understand anything or delve in and process anything that's in your subconscious. It's not in your awareness. It's, it's running you unconsciously. And so, you know, the shadow work is really digging into those parts and actually like putting them in your awareness and integrating them into kind of who you are and accepting who you are. And I used to, like, I heard this person talk about how it was like, you need to invite all of your character traits to the dinner table. Like you can't just like bring the happy one and like this one that you like, because they're like, Oh, I like that one. Cause it's motivated. It's like picking and choosing like who you want to come to the dinner party. No, everybody needs to come to the dinner party, including the shitty parts of yourself. They need to be there too, because they are there to show you something and they are there to teach you something about yourself. And quite honestly, like how can you be authentic if you're hiding those parts of yourself from other, not only other people, but from yourself. So, you know, the idea of, of shadow, the shadow side comes from Carl Jung, the, uh, the psychologist. And he says that the shadow is made up of all the parts of ourselves that we hide, deny, suppress, and don't see in ourselves. So this can be both the positive and negative. And so our shadow is all those aspects that we reject out of shame, fear, or disapproval. And it's made up of any part of ourselves that we believe is unacceptable or that might be met with disapproval by others or that annoys, horrifies, or disgusts us about other people or about ourselves. And so he said, Carl Jung said, our shadow is the person that we would rather not be. 
So, you know, think about that for a minute. Think about that. Who do you not want to be? You know, even if you think about a person that you dislike, you're like, I never want to be like that person. Well, guess what? That probably means you got a little bit of that in you. I'm sorry to say it, but you do. So I'm going to talk about just some ways that you can, I'm just going to list off like a list of things as to how that shadow side might show up for you. So jealousy is a very good example of nobody wants to be considered that jealous person. But if you can recognize your jealousy in the moment and, and take it as like a learning experience of why am I jealous of this, this person? Why am I jealous of my boyfriend? Why am I jealous of the person he's talking to? Like, what is that jealousy stemming from? Addiction is a big one. Obviously, I think we all know that addiction very likely may start off innocent, but it quickly spirals out of control because it triggers us. Depression, anxiety, codependency, that's a big one. Um, Creating or being part of a lot of drama in your life. Okay. I know we all know people who are like drama always follows me. And (laughs) it's like, um, yeah, probably because you are the drama or you're doing something to invite that energy into your life. So if you're that person, take a second, think about how you could be bringing that into your life. Self-sabotage. That's huge, right? Like you lack confidence in yourself so much so that you sabotage it. You sabotage yourself before somebody else can sabotage you. You know, you have that like deep lingering fear that all the, it's always going to end badly. This is just, it never ends right, you know? So you sabotage it before it even ever gets any better. Power struggles, lies, procrastinating, resentment, being passive aggressive, carrying bitterness about things, aggression, rage, anger, any kind of abuse or violent behaviors, whether it's to yourself or to others, being the victim, playing the victim card. Okay. Like, it's so funny because that was a big one for me to read because it's one of the things that drives me the most crazy about people when they play the victim. And I realize, oh shit, like, where am I doing that? And, and I, I recognize it now. I notice when I am in that victim mentality and I'm like whining about something, how bad my life is, blah, blah, blah. But I'm able to recognize that, know that I'm triggered by it, accept that she showed up and be grateful and move on. Um, having guilt or shame, being reactive to things, being discontent with your life, um, having lack of self-confidence, like you're afraid to speak up about things, blaming other people for all of your problems or external circumstances for all of your problems, uh, weak boundaries. That's a big one. Not having boundaries. Why would you not have boundaries? Uh, fears of putting yourself out there, like your creative work out there, because you're afraid somebody is going to judge you maybe, or um, they're not going to like you or, you know, 
with the, it could go back to the self-sabotage thing. You're not going to put your work out there because you might as well just sabotage yourself before somebody else sabotages you. Not doing what you know you want and what is good for you. A big one, money and success, success issues, relationship issues. Like maybe you are too attached or codependent, or maybe you're like anxious attached. Um, meaning like, you know, you like, they go away for a weekend and you're like losing your mind because your partner isn't with you anymore. Like that's not healthy. Um, so, you know, I just feel like any of those things, if, if any of those things feel like something you're dealing with right now, or if just as you're going about your life, just in general, and those things start popping up for you and you know, that I don't like to say good or I don't like to say good or bad emotions, but maybe like lower and higher vibration emotions. A lot of those are like the lower vibration emotions and we don't like to feel them and we don't, we don't like to look at them and, and delve in and ask questions about them. So I just feel like if you want to live more authentically, then doing that kind of work will get you there. And it's funny, I was, as I was doing this research, I was thinking about how at the beginning of 2022, my, I chose two words and one of my words was authentic. And when I was sitting here looking into shadow work and I, that popped up for me, I was like, man, that word meant something so different to me in January based on where I was. And, and now it's totally not what I expected from, from being authentic this year, but it obviously was what I needed because I am in a place where I feel more authentic. Like I've always been a people pleaser. I've always wanted people to like me. I say yes to everything. I would hold back from speaking my mind for like pushing back on things because I didn't want anybody to like, not like me or think I was like not worthy. And so I like, I mean, this summer, and work, my day job, and just life in general, I could just feel things piling up and piling up and piling up. And that's what will happen to you if you ignore that shit. <laughs> it will all come to a head. And the fear of disappointing other people and the fear of them not liking me if I said what I really meant <laughs> in the moment became much less important than you know, my own mental health and what I can physically, physically handle. And so I found myself, you know, saying some shit that I, you know, I probably could have said a little bit nicer, but I will get there eventually. But at least I stood up for myself and I recognized that shadow side of me, that people pleasing, always wanting people to like me kind of thing, because at the end of the day, not everybody's going to like you. And it's not my freaking job for everybody to like me. And I like the fact that I thought that I had to have everybody like, where does that come from? You know, and that's all work that I have to do. And, you know, I was, I'll be really honest right now. You know, I was telling Nicole the other day, um, my Reiki practice, I have put on hold. I've kind of put on the back burner because I lost joy in doing it. And I had to kind of really get real with myself about why, you know, like why, 
was I doing it in the first place? Like, did I lose joy and I can keep pushing myself because it's, it's a purpose. And, you know, I was, I really went through the gamut of trying to figure this out. And the truth that came up is that it was so much more about having people admire me for this like gift. And I mean, it's embarrassing to even talk about it, but you know, I, while I was doing it because I wanted to help myself and I, and I really truly did want to help other people when I was honest with myself, it was way more about me and selfish reasons than it was about purpose and, and, you know, the responsibility that comes with that. So that was like, you know, some real, I, I, I did some real shadow work this year. I will, <laughs> I will say that. Um, but I, I did want to share those kind of like personal stories to just help people recognize how it will come up for you and kind of what types of things can happen in your life and you can face them and greet them and accept them, or you can continue going down that path until everything piles up like me and it gets to be so much that your mental health is affected. So, you know, it's kind of my shadow work story. And to go with that, I just wanted to share this quote that I showed up on Instagram. It said, choose to shine without the desire to be seen. And I was like, man, like that is that's pure joy. And if we could all get back to that place to where we're just doing things out of joy because we enjoy them, not because we want to share the picture on Facebook and Instagram to show everybody like, oh, look at my trip to here. And like, look at how I can do this. And that is like the thief of joy. <laughs> and that is what I recognized um, over the last year. So so yeah, so that's that's my piece. I know Nicole is going to have kind of divulged a lot of information there, but I know Nicole is going to go into some benefits why if if that wasn't enough for you, some benefits into doing the the shadow work. Yeah, actually I really enjoyed the fact that you were giving it to everyone else because I do think that learning from other people and what they see kind of allows you to look at yourself and be a little bit more honest with yourself. And so once I'm done with my little um, information that I want to give you, I'll share some of my own um, instances that this seems like the shadow work year because I didn't even have it as my intention, but that's definitely something that I've been working on all year, I would say. So let's talk about the benefits. Um, when you do shadow work and you really start seeing yourself for who you are and you really start working on the good, the bad, the ugly, um, you get more confidence and you get more self-esteem. I think because you're kind of understanding who you really are. So you're confident in yourself now. Um, you don't have something that you have to hide all the time. Um, you're starting to except even those parts of yourself that maybe aren't the, the most desired qualities that you have. Um, and it allows you to start achieving your goals. Um, and honestly, doing some shadow work 
I think that one of the other things about shadow work is we look at some of the traits of ourselves as being not good traits because other people have told us that they're not good traits. And that's not always the case. I think getting real about some of the things that are traits of yours and understanding because like everything in our life, there's a positive and a negative side. You have to understand that there's positive reasons for you to have these traits. But then, yes, there's that other side. But that other side has to exist for the positive side to exist. So you just have to accept it as being the whole. So, um, and, and honestly, understanding some of your weaknesses, I think, brings helps you bring it to light and it will allow you to manage. Like I am a procrastinator. I do phenomenal work, but I stress myself out because I wait until the last possible minute and I have to have fire. I have to have fire in order to do anything. And then I'm causing myself immense stress for no apparent reason. So understanding that that is my weakness. And then what can I do going forward to kind of alleviate that for myself, you know, not waiting and having five hours of work to do in one day, but spreading it out through the week, you know, and then when you feel like it, being in that zone um, in small increments, then trying to make yourself in that zone for five hours when you have to do it, you know, so I think the shadow side is problematic when you're not aware of it. Um, Working on your shadow self also improves your creativity. Um, I think that you kind of see things from a different side. You're tapping into your darker self, but you're also finding those unique ways to express yourself and your unique things that you're maybe hiding from the world, you know? Um, you will build better relationships with others. So when you can fully, I mean, you're working on loving yourself completely, but that love for yourself exudes out of you into other people. And so then you can love other people too. When I see someone acting the way that I know now I act and I don't love about myself, I can give them more grace because I understand that I have it within me too, and that we're all doing the best that we can. And I can love them as being someone else that's also struggling with this thing that I also struggle with. Um, so it, it kind of tames your projections that you put on other people. Um, it's practicing self-acceptance. I feel like that is a huge thing that there's a lot of people that need to work on that. I think there's a good majority of the world that needs to work on self-acceptance. You have to have compassion for yourself. I am a huge, huge perfectionist on top of being a procrastinator because, you know, those two things go really well together, but I will sit there and I will pick apart everything that I do. And I make myself feel like crap instead of just having compassion for myself. And so working on compassion for yourself by dealing with the shadow side of you, I think that that just helps you get some acceptance. Um, you can sometimes discover your hidden talents. Um, you find some inner strengths, you know, like um, I know that I have had an issue with standing up for myself and, and then I start realizing that I can stand up for myself, but then it's almost to the other extreme. And so it's just finding this perfect balance, um, but understanding that there's a strength in keeping your mouth shut 
and there's a strength in speaking your mind, you know, so you just have to find that balance. Um, I, I just think that it helps you really step into everything in life and understanding what you can really do. Um, it improves your overall wellness. You know, I think of shadow work as being this baggage that we carry around on our backs our whole entire lives until we learn how to start working on it. And I can feel it. I can feel it in my shoulders. I can feel it in my neck. I mean, it becomes like an actual pain in my body and it sucks my energy out. It's my own energy vampire. You know, it's sucking my energy out every day and it's making me feel like crap. But if I find that balance and if I do my shadow work, then I'm going to have more energy. I'm going to feel like I'm in less pain. I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to be less tired. So that's another importance. Um, I also think that it gives you a lot more clarity with life. It, it allows you to understand your thoughts and feelings. Um, you're really just starting to see, like, I act this way. That's the first step. Here's something that I do. And then I'm delving further into it. Why do I act this way? What is my trigger? Okay, now I know what my trigger is. I know that I'm acting this way. What can I do to change it? And then it's making yourself work on it. And But be compassionate with yourself because this is something that you have um, carried around with you for a long time. When I looked up shadow work, um, you know, I don't know how, true it is for everybody but basically shadow work they say is like accumulation of like tw the first 20 years of our life so we've been carrying around this crap for the first 20 years of our life this becomes like the normal way that we react you know when something bad happens um and i want to get mad about it and throw something across the room this is how i've been dealing with stuff my whole entire life so i have to have compassion Maybe the first time I'm trying to work on this, I'm not going to react the way that I'm trying to, but okay, I'm at least aware of it now, okay? And I'm going to try to make a plan for next time to do something different. So I just think that there's so many benefits of shadow work. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that I saw um, that can really help you with shadow work. So here's some ways to do shadow work. Um, they really promoted therapy, which I also promote therapy. I probably think it's something in my life that I should probably consider for myself. I've also thought about it for my children. They just, we just sometimes need somebody who isn't like our friend or our family or our spouse or our kid or our mom or whatever to like talk some things out with. And a trained professional, in addition to being someone that's not really any of those things for you, um, also can spot those patterns that come up. So you're telling them about your story. And next thing you know, your therapist is basically telling you, uh, you're in the victim role. And every time you tell me a story, you're a victim. What are you doing right now that is causing these situations to happen? So they kind of point out these patterns for you, because I do think it's that's why we have projection. We can see it so clearly in everybody else because it's not us. When it comes, like they say that, you know, you give the best advice, but you can't take it yourself. That's how it is. We can do it for somebody else, but it's so much harder to do it for ourselves. So having a therapist is somebody who's trained to do this and they can help you when they're outside of it. Um, spotting your inner, inner shadow 
that's, that's a huge first step. So, you know, I am not happy with the fact that I get angry. So I'm going to focus on, you know, every time I get angry, what is happening? What is triggering me? Why am I reacting this way? Um, how could I react a different way? So it's just paying attention to your triggers. Um, and notice when you're projecting, I think it's kind of important to, uh, and, and uh, this will come up in a later technique, but it's kind of important to think about somebody who really annoys you and those things that that person does to super annoy you. And then start realizing if any of those qualities are qualities that you also possess or why is this triggering you? Because I, I, I don't know that it, I'll tell you a story after this. All right. Think back to childhood. They say that, um, you know, maybe if you were treated bad when you were a child or punished for having um, certain kinds of emotions, that um, that's kind of a good place to start with shadow work because this is where it kind of comes from. This is the stem. Um, avoid shaming or being ashamed of your shadow. I think it's really important to understand that just like a lot of other instincts that we have in our life, this is what we have done, um, an, an instinct to kind of protect ourselves and get through life. And so, and we were just doing the best that we could then, you know what I mean? So maybe at the age of 41, I can understand things in a different way than I could when I was five, but I was doing the best that I could because at five years old, that's all I knew, you know? So it's just, just understanding that, um, practicing loving words of affirmation. I trust in you. I believe in you. I'm glad you're in my life. You're worthy of love. You are enough. These kind of things, practicing those, you know, taking a post-it, writing it on your mirror. So every morning when you're brushing your teeth, you're going through some loving words of affirmation for yourself, whatever. When you say nice things about yourself, it does make you feel better about yourself. It's crazy. You can give yourself a compliment and actually feel good about it, but you do have to start kind of believing it. But I do think you can fake it till you make it too. So say it a couple of times and then I think you'll start believing it. Um, meditate to observe your triggers. So, um, you know, just kind of thinking back to times when you've been angry and just allow those emotions to come. I think that was one of the things that I struggled with the most is that, you know, like all shadows, we, we, repress it. We push it down. I don't want to deal with it. I'm sad and I don't want to be sad today. I'm angry and I don't want to be angry. We have to let it, we have to let it come out because it's just going to become like this, almost like a giant pimple, you know, just pressure, 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 and it's going to come out. So just deal with it. Let it be. Keeping a shadow journal, you're letting out your thoughts, light and dark, you know, you're able to kind of write and say all the horrible things that come in your mind. No one else has to know about it. This is your personal thing. But I think it's kind of a way to like process and deal with your thoughts. And if you make it a daily thing, it's just allowing yourself to look at like, I got an attitude with somebody at the store today. Why was I so angry? You know, it's just, it's making you go back and think about this. Um, they say that you can express your inner inner shadow artistically. So I I envision somebody you know creating a song. I mean, how many songs do you hear about you know something terrible that's happened to somebody or whatever? But you know it could even be about them. And and I think some songs are related to the actual person that made it. You know, it's a way for them to kind of get out their feelings. Um, art. Um, 
sculpting, whatever floats your fancy, just something that can kind of, you can express yourself with artistically. Um, start with that inner dialogue, you know, have a conversation with your shadow self, you know, um, ask your shadow self some questions, wait for an answer, keep an open mind. Um, one thing that I found was kind of cool was that there are supposed to be like four, uh, from what I did on my research, four main archetypes. So there's the king, the warrior, the magician, and the lover. And for each archetype type, there are two shadow sides. There's the um, passive side, and then there's also going to be the um, like active or assertive side. So for the king, there's the tyrant, which I think you can imagine someone who is like telling someone this is how it's going to be. That's going to be the active side. But then on the other side of that, there's also the weakling. So someone who's constantly bowing down to someone, maybe who's a tyrant or just constantly not speaking up for themselves. Um, the warrior, there's the sadist and the masochist. So the person who gets joy from hurting others and then the person who kind of gets pleasure from being hurt themselves. Then there's the magician. So you're the detached manipulator or you're always innocent. I never did anything wrong, it's not me. Um, and then there's the lover and it's the addicted lover. So the one that can't get over something or the one that just kind of acts like they don't, whatever, I don't love, I don't believe in love. I thought that was interesting. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about is the three, two, one shadow process. So what you do is you choose what you want to work with. And it's always good, like I said, to begin with someone with whom you have difficulty with, because I think it's easier to get those strong emotions and start really dealing with them. Then you have to face it. So you imagine that person in front of you and you're basically using third person language, he, she, it, and you're talking out loud or you're writing it down. Um, and then you are gonna talk to it. So you're gonna speak in second person to this person using you language. Tell them why these things bother you. Ask them questions and imagine their response. You know, why are you doing this to me? What do you want from me? What are you trying to show me? What do you have to teach me? And then be it. So then you become the person and you take on those qualities that bother you and you embody those traits. And then you start understanding um, maybe why you have those traits and you notice the qualities in yourself. And so when those things come up in you, it's a little bit easier to kind of, I just think it's a little bit easier to understand. I'm not saying people aren't jerks. People are jerks. And I do think that some people get pleasure out of being rude to others. But you being angry about it or taking all of this in literally does nothing to them. It only hurts you. So you just have to get to a point where you can let things go. And I think if you delve into this, it allows you to do this. So I will tell you from personal experience, I am a single mom. I have two children. And for the last, I don't know, eight years, I've been basically raising them every day, except for four days out of the month. Four days out of the month, I get time to myself, but not really because those four days I'm running around cleaning the house or going grocery shopping. And then I wonder why I get so mad at the kids when they're asking me for more crap. You know why? Because I do nothing for myself. So this COVID break has really given me the opportunity to kind of look at why am I getting angry? 
I'm getting angry because I haven't taught my kids to be as independent as I would like them to be. There's no reason why in middle school they can't pack their own lunches. So that's what we're going to work on. You're going to pack your own lunches. Then I don't have to hear about I pack something disgusting. You know what? You pack one thing and you're starving all day. That's on you. You pack a hot dog and you don't want a hot dog today. That's on you because you packed it. I don't want, I'll even help them. I'll cut up some fruit and some veggies to make it easy for them to grab their stuff, but they're picking, they're doing all the work, um, making their own breakfast and lunch. I mean, I was like doing everything and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like you are big enough to put something in the oven. You're big enough to pop something in the microwave. Once you kind of let that stuff go, your relationship with your kids becomes a lot easier. And so I know that there are lots of moms out there. You don't have to be a single mom. You could just be a mom. You could have a partner and you're still literally taking on everything for your kids. And just understand, we are going to make them better people by teaching them to be independent. And you're allowed to have time for yourself. You're allowed to go take a bath. You're allowed to go take a run. You're allowed to work out. You're allowed to read a book. Um, I've just gotten to the point where when they ask me and, and I, I can't, I've already planned something for myself. Not even all the time. It's like, you know, pampering myself. It's like, I have to write this blog or I have to study for this test, but taking it off my back and saying, no, I can't do that today. I'm sorry. I'm busy. You know, I never said no. So I think that's something that everyone can relate to. Um, one more thing, and this is kind of, I'm still working this out. So maybe this is something that is within me and I just haven't figured it out yet, but there is a particular person um, in my life who they make me so mad. And I am really, really, really trying hard not to get mad. I'm trying to just let it be. Um, but one of the things that they do that drive me the most bananas is playing the damsel in distress. I am not damsel in distress. I have been an independent woman my whole entire life. I am not an, I am not a damsel in distress, but guess what? That is my shadow work. And you know why it's my shadow work? Because I think I'm mad at them for being able to ask people for help. Yeah. So that I was going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's your shadow. Always it's what jealousy. You're doing. <laughs> yes, it's sometimes it's jealousy. You can't ask for help. Yep. Yep. I'm the same way. I've been there, done that. I don't. I don't know how to ask for help either. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to know I'm not the only one. But yes, I just wanted to give you an example of something that is you, and then something that also isn't you, but how it can relate to you. You know what I mean? I think it's good just to see both of those things. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So that's shadow work. I, I mean, I would love to hear from people about any shadow work they've done. I mean, it's, it's become like my go-to when somebody complains to me about something I'm like, oh yeah, well, let's try and teach you a lesson. And I will always say that to somebody, but I have the hardest time doing it for myself, <laughs> but I'm trying. Um, and so I think that's part of the, the work, right? Like I've, I've made kind of a small commitment and we'll see how long it lasts to just start thinking about people in my life and what about them bothers me and how that is related to me. 
And, and I do think that you made a very good point with your story about how it's not always the thing. It's, it's not always the thing about them that bothers you. It could be that you're jealous that you don't have that trait yourself. And that is the, the shadow, the jealousy or that comparison thing, you know, like, oh, I wish I could be that, you know, I wish I could be that strong, confident person. And it drives me freaking crazy when he comes in here with all his confidence and trying to like mansplain me, you know, and it's like, oh, well, no, maybe I wish I could be that way. And cause he could give two shits about what people think about him, you know, and goes on his merry way. And it's like, I'm, that is not me necessarily, but I would love to have that, that kind of trait. And that's just jealousy in comparison because that that's not me. And I need to accept who I am and that I am, you know, sometimes going to put other people's feelings first. And that's, you know, perfectly all right. It's more just about being who you are and loving who you are in all of the emotions and all of the jacked up ways that we can show up in our life. So that's my, came from somewhere. my spiel. Do you have yep. anything else to add or to talk about? I think that, you know, this was something that I really, I really needed to look at. And I think I've been kind of through other readings, you know, Eckhart Tolle and um, some of these other people that I've been reading lately, you know, it's all about living in the moment. It's all about what is this teaching me? I've really been trying to sit back and ask myself, what is this trying to teach me, you know? And so I feel like that shadow work too, you know, what is this situation trying to teach me? I just think that that's super important. And you're maybe never, you're not always going to get it right. You're not always going to understand, but it's just getting to that place where you are starting to think that way and just giving yourself and other people some grace, you know, we're all doing the best that we can. Everybody's got stuff. Everybody's got stuff. Yep. Agree. Yep. That's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, that was a good one. We uh, will talk to y'all next week. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss another. If you feel called to do so, please give us a five-star rating. This helps our podcast reach a broader community and enlighten more souls. 